Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is September the 21st, and this is number two of the podcast of On the Way. Today, we're going to look at the second podcast to chapter three of the book of Romans. This is our reading for today. And so the Apostle Paul, after dealing with both the sin of the Jew and the sin of the Gentile, says, what advantage then has the Jew? This is chapter three and verse one. Or what is the profit of circumcision? The question is asked, indeed, based upon what Paul has said in chapter 1 and chapter 2, well, then, is there any advantage at all to being a Jew? And Paul says, much in every way, much in every way. You say, well, I don't see that. doesn't matter. Paul said there's much in every way, chiefly, primarily, because to them, to the Jews, were committed the oracles of God. The very words of God were written down by the Jews. They had the word of God before the entire world did because God chose them to be the conduits of truth. Now, why is this important? I have said to you over and over and over again, the Bible is a Jewish book. If there's any verse that will validate that, it is this. To them were committed the oracles of God. Remember the only Bible that Paul had. The only Bible that Jesus had, the only Bible that John the Baptist had, the only Bible that Peter, James, John, Stephen, Philip, all of the disciples had was what we call the Old Testament, the law, the prophets, and the writings, and they turned the world upside down. They preached Jesus from the Tanakh. Now, this is very important because the Word of God was committed to the Jewish people. It was written by Jews. It was written to Jews. It was written primarily for Jews. Most of the Bible, most of the Bible, because the Bible is not just the New Testament. The Bible is the entire Bible, the law, the prophets, and the writings, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, and the New Testament, the Berit HaDashah, the New Covenant. And so what advantage is there to the Jews? They had the Bible. And we wouldn't have it without them. We wouldn't have the Messiah without them. We wouldn't have the covenants without them. We would not be grafted in without them. This is why the Jews are so important, because they are the ones that kept the truth down through the years. You say, oh, yes, but they went astray. You want to talk about going astray? Is that really where you want to go talking about the Jews? You want to talk about the Jews? The Jews are a very small minority in the world. They're not the issue. We're the issue, the rest of us. The Bible says, for what if some of the Jews did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. God forbid. May it never be. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. You see, just because his people don't act like they should doesn't mean that God is not God and that God is not perfect just because his people are not. Again, I don't believe you want to go there with the Jews because you and I are not the best examples of doing the right thing all the time. 
But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Paul said, I'm, I'm getting really close to the edge here. Certainly not. For then, how will God judge the world? In other words, God's perfect. He's not like us. By doing unrighteousness, we're not promoting the truth of God. For if the truth of God is increased through my lie to his glory, why am I still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come? You see, this is the very perverted nature of man. This is why today in our culture, in the United States of America and in Western culture, it's been going on in other places without a Judeo-Christian ethic and morality base. But the reality is today we are calling in the West evil that which is good and good we are calling evil. We are slanderously reported and as some affirm that we say, their condemnation is just. You see, we get what's coming to us apart from the grace of God. What we need is the grace of God. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged that both Jews and Greeks, that all are under sin. This is what Romans 1 and 2 and 3 is talking about. There is none righteous. As it is written, verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now, I want you to just, if you have your Bible, look at what it says. There's a triple negative here. There is none, that's the first negative, righteous. No, that's the second negative. Not, that's the third negative. Three is the divine number of completion. And in this regard, there is none. And it's almost as though Paul is anticipating somebody saying, well, what about, but, and so it's like he's anticipating there is none righteous. And somebody said, but no, but not one. There is none who understands. Nobody gets it without the spirit of God enlightening our hearts and minds. There is none who seeks after God. These images we have of a man running hard after God as hard as he can, it's like God's running the other way. No, God is running toward us. If he wasn't, then we would never run toward him. You see, no man can come unto me, Jesus said, unless the Father draws him. You and I are running as hard as we can the other way. That's why we have to repent. That's why we have to change our mind, change our thoughts, change our direction, because we're running away from God, not toward him. So those tracks that you have and those gospel presentations, quote, end quote, that you have that are saying man is striving to meet God. He's running hard after God as a lost man. Throw that away. That's a lie. There is none righteous. There is no, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside, turned to their own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now, that's not New Testament. That's Old Testament. That's Isaiah 53, 6. And the Lord has, God, the Father, has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. Verse 12, they've all turned aside. They've all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. He says it again. Their throat is, is an open tomb, an open grave where there's dead bones on the inside. Why? Because we're dead in trespasses and sin. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. The feet are swift to shed blood. All of these are Old Testament teachings. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Listen to me. 
in America today, in the West today, in Africa today, in South America today, in Central America today, in the countries of Eastern and Western Europe, we have, hear me, we have lost the fear of God. And because of that, we are bringing damnation to ourselves. God is not the man upstairs. God is not good buddy Jesus. You're not going to run up and, and hug Jesus, and you're not going to run up and jump in his lap. You're going to do what everyone else has done down through the uh, millennium. When we see Jesus, we'll fall at his feet as though we are dead. And if God did not revive us, we would be. You say, oh, but I'm under the blood. Yes, you are. You need to act like it. I need to act like it. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth would be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. You want to talk about the law? You want to talk about keeping the law as a Jew or a Gentile? You can't do it. And you say, well, I, I'm not as bad as so. It doesn't matter. No covenant that God made with Abraham, sir, is going to save you as a Jew. Some of my best friends in all of the earth are Jews. Some are followers of Jesus, some are not, but they're still some of my best and closest friends. And I love them. But let me tell you, you cannot work your way to heaven. You can't be good enough to go to heaven. You can't keep enough commandments to go to heaven. You cannot do enough deeds of charity to go to heaven, whether you're Jew or Gentile. Because we're not saved by works. We are saved through trusting the words of God and his provision for our salvation. And it's not deeds of the keeping the law. Therefore, by the look at verse 20. This is about as clear as it is anywhere. And this was written by a Jewish rabbi taught in one of the greatest schools by one of the greatest rabbis of the ancient world of the first century. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, based on everything he said, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. No flesh, no person will be declared righteous before God in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law was never given to make man righteous. The law was given to show man he's unrighteous. That God in his great moral righteousness and perfection has taught us what it is like to know the will of God but we abandon it for our own will and we go our own way. That's what the Bible teaches. And let God be true and every man a liar. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, who through faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all who believe, for there is no difference. You see, the Jew and the Gentile have to be saved the same way. That is through the righteousness that comes by trusting God for that righteousness. Not anything you can do, but by trusting his provision, who is the Messiah, that he would die to pay the penalty for our sins. Now, all you have to do is read the prophets, read the prophets, read the prophets, and you will see they testified if all Jews are going to be saved, if all Gentiles are going to be saved, then the prophets are liars. Moses is a liar. Abraham is a liar because Abraham was not justified by his works, not even by offering Isaac. He was justified through faith by trusting God and trusting his word more than his own perceptions of life. And the Bible says in verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. Now, the word sinned is the word harmartia, H-A-R-M-A-R-T-I-A, harmartia. Harmartia is a word which means to miss the mark. Now, there's a lot more to the word than that, but that's a good uh, definition. Harmartia means to miss the mark. It's the idea of chata for those of you in Hebrew. It's the word for missing the mark. It's shooting an arrow at a target and it falling short. Doing the very best you can, you fall short. Why? Because you have been guilty of pasha, of transgression, of stepping out of bounds. There's no man alive who's lived that cannot say with a straight face, I have not stepped over the line. You stepped over God's line. If you keep the whole law and you're guilty of one thing, this is James, the most religious of all the disciples. James, the Lord's half-brother, Jesus' half-brother, said to keep the whole law and be guilty of one thing is to be guilty of it all. Why? Because you sinned and God is perfection. You see, to go to heaven, you don't have to be good. You have to be perfect. That eliminates every person. Well, how are we going to get there? Well, we're not going to unless someone graces us with a gift of perfection. The only one who's ever been perfect is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Not even his enemies could accuse him of any sin and make it stick. There was no guile or deceit found in his mouth. He would have never had to die for the wages of sin is death. But he chose to die, not for his own sin, to pay for his own sin, life for life, but he chose to die in your place by one man, Adam, our first father, the father of the human race. He sinned and plunged all of us into sin. All in Adam die. All who are in Jesus live. How are you born a seed of Adam? By natural birth. How are you to become a part of the family of God? By supernatural birth, a second birth. You must be born from above. You must be born again. And so all have sinned. That is, we've all fallen short. And there's a paradigm here. You see, the word chi can be used in a lot of ways as translated and. Well, that's not just a coordinating conjunction, subordinating conjunction. There's the paraphrastic use of it. There's uh, all kinds of usages, several usages of the word chi or and as far as a conjunction. I believe that the first part is explained by the second part. That's right. I believe it's paraphrastic. It's a paraphrase of the first. It's an explanation of the first. Verse 23 says, in common everyday English, for all have missed the mark. What is the mark? What have we fallen short of? The glory of God. You might be as righteous as the man down the street. You might be as righteous as the pastor or the deacons, maybe even more so. God have mercy on us. Maybe even more so. That means nothing. Why? Because the pastor, the deacons, your mama, your daddy, your grandmother, your grandfather, anybody you want to name, anybody you want to, they're not the paradigm. What is the paradigm? What's the template? The glory of God himself. No one can claim that in their right mind. They are absolutely imbecilic to say that and are deceiving themselves. No one is as righteous as God. And that's how righteous you have to be to get to heaven. For all have missed the mark. What is the mark? It's the glory of God. 
and were justified freely, were declared to be righteous freely by His grace. What's grace? It's all that God does for us that we cannot do for ourselves through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, Messiah Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed, to demonstrate the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now you listen to the podcast tomorrow, and I'm going to deal with verses 25 and following. And we're going to get into chapter 4, because tomorrow chapter 4 is the podcast. For On The Way, this is Tony Chris. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.